0: hello welcome to free will science religion I'm Chandler Klebs and I'm here with David Joseph, Mitch J, and George Ortega and we're again revisiting the topic of you know we understand that we don't have a free will that what we do what we think feel say and do isn't really up to us so I mean that's our basic message but um, it needs to be repeated often because what we're what if it's not up to us, then what is it up to? And everybody has, depending on you know their background, which they didn't choose. I mean, nobody even chooses what they believe related to the topic of what we of what makes us choose what we choose. <laughs> um, so, and we could start out with the whole causality versus a causality thing. Would you like to start out with that, or should I explain it, or?
1: Well, um, yeah, I mean, but I don't think any of us here, like, actually believes in a causality, right? I think we believe everything is caused. Yeah. So I think more, Mitch, all right, so, like, if I propose, Mitch, that, like, for, that, like, let's say, let's say we use the analogy of an actor. An actor is, like, voicing the actor's lines, you know, and basically they're, actually being authored by the author of the player movie and the actions are sometimes directed by the director. So, like, you know, that's an example of attribution. But um, is this the model that we use in in addressing, you know, human action? That, that, you know, that our intelligence, our actions, our feelings are not up to us, but just like in a play or movie, they have to be up to something.
0: Well, it's a very interesting thing because my view is that ultimately there is no thing that it's all up to, you know, because of the fact that there can never be, as far as my mind comprehends, no idea of a first cause. We have an infinite causal regression. So we don't need to attribute it to anything. Um, although for some people they find something, you know, the universe, God, nature, whatever that they attribute it to.
1: Well, Taylor, I mean, I know I use that as a way to absolve um, nature, God, whatever we want to describe it of evil because like you know in terms of our getting a message across a lot of people are not comfortable with with an evil god or an evil universe so like if yeah if we posit that the the chain behind any action never reaches a big beginning point it, it certainly um does you know allow for that conclusion that that you know that we can't attribute but you know i've always said that's not a completely satisfactory answer um I think we still like the universe, you know, the universe as it evolves, even though the universe may not ever have had a beginning, is still, I think, um, according to our best understanding, what makes everything happen. You know, like, to our best scientific knowledge, the universe at the point of the Big Bang is what has caused everything in the universe after the Big Bang. So, you know, I I think we, we can, you know, we can um, apply that principle to, to human reasoning, or human human actions.
0: Yeah, practically speaking, everything that happens is caused by the universe because the universe is is everything. That makes sense. I just don't know how to how to utilize that.
2: So, um, I agree with uh, Chandler's opening remarks in response to uh, uh, to what you said, George. I. I have no desire to attribute what we do to anything. I have no desire to give agency to action. The universe is cause and effect, and that's it. I don't think it's meaningful to say someone or something did something. And furthermore, I think it's uh, a little bit dishonest, because it seems as if we are creating something that isn't there. So when I say dishonest, I mean, if to the best of our information, we know the world works in a certain way, and then we suddenly say, but there's also this extra part, and the only reason we're saying there's this extra part is because we are not satisfied as human beings, I'm not really in agreement with doing that kind of exercise. Instead, I'd like us as humans to focus on what we do know. And to focus on being logical and reasonable and compassionate. And when we say we don't know something, we say we don't know. So if we go, okay, since free will is bogus, who do I attribute this to? I go, well, nothing. You don't attribute it to anyone. End of discussion. You are just infinitely curious, which is fine, but there is no satisfactory answer. Just like with the... Yes,
1: sorry. Mitch, but that, that reasoning can, can be applied, for example. Let's say somebody says, well, you know, like Jesus and these other prophets and all created miracles. They, you know, like he turned um, water into wine. He, he fed, you know, you know, thousands of people with a loaf of bread. And we challenge that as scientists. We challenge, we say, how did he do that? What, you know, so in other words, like the, this miracle thing Seems to kind of like be very similar to to what you're positing that things just happen, and we don't have to kind of like explore why they happen or understand well, that, why. Well, I,
2: I, I, well, I, I disagree here. That's not what I am uh, intending to say. What, what I'm saying is we do the best we can, and we don't know something. We don't, we we admit that we don't know it. If someone makes a claim about a miracle, we can investigate it to the best of our ability and determine whether or not that makes any sense If someone says someone was raised from the dead we go well we have a whole whole history of humankind tons of evidence to show that it doesn't really make any sense to say you were raised from the dead because when you die your body function sees your brain activity dies we've done experiments on how people react when they have low brain activity or no brain activity and the the best answer we have to that is that when you were dead and your organs cease to function and in particular, when your brain is God, you are gone. To say any other part of yourself goes on, there's no evidence for that. So as far as we know what life is, right now, the way we think about what it means to be alive, the information we have, to, the, our best theories about what it means to be alive, we can say, yes, when you're dead, you are dead. And if you think there's more to it than that, the burden is on that person, the person who is proposing that there is more than that. So, yeah, I, I think, um, George, th- that you are on the right track when you're saying our our duty, our goal is not just to explain to people why free will is nonsense. Our goal is to help people cope and help people understand the applications afterward, help them people understand why it's important, why people don't have to be fatalistic, et cetera, et cetera. But I am just not on board with doing anything that I see, making any claims that I don't have evidence to back up or rigorous logic to help support.
1: All right. Well, I mean, like if we apply your this this basic argument to to what happens after your death, I think you're, you're completely right. We have no evidence. I mean, we just have like this anecdotal, this hearsay evidence from people who claim to have died and all that. But that's. I don't think, you know, has reached the the scientific rigor, but with any, any action that a human being makes, I think the evidence is the same evidence that refutes free will. In other words, like the evidence that, that it is, that what we're doing is not up to us is, is, is clear. And then the fact that, that there's this principle of causality that applies to everything. So if, if we, if we kind of connect or combine this causality with our knowledge of the universe, I think, you know, we're, we're logically compelled to, to understand that to the best of our knowledge, the Big Bang caused everything. You know, the Big Bang, you know, is, is, is... you know, and again, logic can tell us, well, there must have been something that caused the Big Bang, but at least scientifically, you know, we, we can just, like, we can attribute everything, you know, the motions of stars, of galaxies, of, you know, the, 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 the movements of humans to this, to the universe at the point of the Big Bang.
2: Take personification, for example, okay? So, you know, this is a common literary device. It's, it can be very uh, insightful. It's a very good way to uh, deliver a meaning, a special message to an audience. But it isn't really true. You know, we can say the wind is alive. The wind talks. The wind is like a person. But this isn't really any scientific, meaningful thing. This is a poetic, artistic kind of device. So, so we don't need to... So this is the thing. We, we are, what we're doing is we're personifying inanimate things. We are giving... We are taking bits and pieces creating systems in our head and calling them things so it's true that everything is about cause and effect but there's no reason to say the big bang caused everything as if the big bang is a thing and that is the thing that caused everything and instead the big bang was a whole bunch of different things there's a whole bunch of small little 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 things that are completely unaware of each other as far as we know i mean it's you know Based on the evidence we have, we must say, I I would argue, we don't know that they interact with each other. They just move independently, little bits and particles. There's atoms, and on a smaller scale, there's quarks, you know, the principal elements of matter and energy. And they just do what they do based on the fact that some domino got pushed.
1: Whoa, no, Mitch, no, i got to stop you. Wait a minute. Every particle, every force, every field... In the universe is governed by the laws of nature. To, to suggest that they could do whatever they want would be kind of like suggesting they could act randomly. But no, that the scientific fact is like they're compelled in every action. They they. But the, I, they, I, that's
2: what I'm saying. I agree. I com- that's exactly what I'm saying. Everything is compelled. That's a, I agree. That's exactly what I'm saying. I am saying there's no reason to say the universe. Did this? They did. Instead, there is an antecedent factor, certainly, you know, like anytime something happens, we can talk about on a certain level what caused it. But we could break down that cause into smaller elements. And we could break down those elements into smaller elements until we get into the most fundamental elements that we are currently knowledgeable about. But I don't think we can say any more than that.
0: So um, I I can't blame the internet company for cutting me off. <laughs> yeah, David, he got dropped from the call for a while, but he's back. Yeah, so um, um but, uh,
2: correct me if I'm wrong, Mitch, but I'm kind of thinking along the lines of, um, so there's, there's nobody for me to blame for my internet cutting now. but what we can do is we, we can try and find the source of the problem, and we don't have to go all the way back to how the universe began. Or whatever, you know, just exactly. to find the source of, of the reason for my internet kind out. You will never be satisfied. You could, you could talk about why your internet was cut off in a certain manner. You could say, the telephone company cut off my internet. But there is no such thing as the telephone company, right? The telephone company is a convenient way. It's what humans use to help describe things. It's useful for human communication. But in reality, the company consists of what? Of people. And the people consist of what? And those people are compelled by what? And that's compelled by what? There is no agents, there is no agency, there is well, only the, the action.
1: But if we follow, if you ask that question, you know, the people are compelled by what, and the 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 um, company is compelled by what? Any kind of question you would ask, regardless of what the action is, will always lead to the Big Bang. You know, it's, and and that's the, that's the um, the the special quality of the Big Bang. It explains everything.
2: But even the Big Bang itself isn't one thing, you know, it's like, so, you know, the current theory is that the universe at one point, or whatever you want to call it, the pre-universe, whatever way you want to describe it, used to be in a much simpler state at a singularity, a point of near infinite density. And for reasons that we don't know, that it changed from that state and started exploding, you know, and scattering matter and energy that eventually led... To the universe that we have now but every single thing we talk about we could always break down into smaller elements until we get to the most fundamental elements that we are aware of and that's all we can say why are we so consumed with agency
1: well that's what I'm saying in other words like in other words like the breaking if we break down everything to the to the ultimate cause of which we're aware um, we have to conclude with the universe because the universe is everything. You know In other words, not only does the universe cause everything, the universe is everything, it's the fundamental aspect of reality. So And so naturally, I think if it is that fundamental, then I think you know, it's it's not a quote unquote agent in the sense that we tend to attribute to human beings, but it certainly is the cause of everything
0: right um perhaps George you're not really trying to personify the universe as much as Mitch might think you're trying to is that would that be
1: right well personification for example like we can use a reductionist perspective to depersonify human beings we're, we're nothing but a collection of molecules you know and those molecules are comprised of nothing but atoms and the forces that act upon them. So like, you know, and we can apply that to the universe. So like the same kind of argument that would depersonalize us could depersonalize the universe. So but, I here's, guess what
2: but here's where I, stru- I don't understand. The easiest way to depersonalize the universe is to just not say the universe caused anything. Clearly. All you have to do is say no, there is nothing caused anything. There are We can break down what just happened into a cause to make it simpler for human understanding, but we all know that that cause was really could be described in a different way, on a smaller scale, or we could have described it based on the antecedent factor before that. I I think there's a really simple solution: just don't say the universe
1: caused everything. Wait a minute! Doesn't that avoid? No, because then, like, then people who believe in free will will say, well, you know, like, if we're saying that the universe didn't cause things, we're kind of like arguing for a causality. You know, That's like, a good a lot segue. Of te-
2: Maybe we could start talking about a causality.
1: Okay, all right. So, like, a causality is this idea that certain things can happen without there having been caused, and all experience, and even scientific method, argues against that. Like, not only is the, this concept of free will incoherent, the concept of something happening without it having been caused very strongly suggests that nothing existed before that something happened.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, George, because yeah, I see what you're saying because since the universe is everything that exists and an a causal event would would have to happen for nothing causing it to happen. It would have to be independent of the universe, cosmos, everything. So it would it would be a, it would be a whole separate universe in and of itself. It would not be the it would not be the u- caused by the universe. So I get I think um, what you're getting at is that by attributing it to the universe, you are just saying that it's causal rather than a causal.
1: Exactly. I think like a lot of people, I think very unfortunately, define God as transcending the universe, transcending the reality. Again, that's that's another, in my opinion, incoherent concept. How can you transcend everything? But for people who believe that, then they can say, well then like then then God is a causally causing things. I mean, you know, it leads to a lot of confusion.
0: Sure does. And, you know, I, I've, I've actually been quite confused about all these different terms about that. For example, I was reading the beginning of Elements of Pantheism by Paul Harrison, and he has, like, you know, this list of different isms, and I, and I can't remember the difference. I mean, there's pantheism, there's panentheism, there's all these all these isms that have various different beliefs about what God is or what God transcends and all that stuff. And that, that just gets way too confusing. I can't handle it. Yeah, so um, to, to free will believers, this
2: is a challenge I propose to them. Sometimes they, um, they like to argue for free will by saying, well, we don't know if the universe is really deterministic. There isn't enough evidence. It's you haven't really, I'm not convinced that you have shown that we live in a deterministic reality. What if there are these, what if there's quantum phenomena? what if some things are a causal? what if some things are random so if anyone wants to play devil's advocate here perhaps they could you know this exercise we could say what the challenge is what do you mean when you say something is a causal how can you conceive of a universe where something wasn't caused how is that a meaningful thing
0: it's simply not a meaningful thing to say because the very idea of evidence for something requires that there's a cause of something and that there's a, some experiment to perform some way of verifying this causes this. And so a causality, uh, I don't really think makes any sense. And, if, and there certainly could be no evidence for that. So, you know, when they say there's no evidence for determinism or not enough evidence, I'm like, well... I I I I highly disagree with them because we we have plenty of evidence that things are caused by previous events and n- there's no evidence that could even be possible of a causal events.
1: Well, what's interesting is this this notion of acausality or in the strongest sense the randomness is not limited to to free will believers and philosophers. This this forms a part of a major part of a lot of people's understanding of, for example, evolution. People seriously b- believe that evolution progresses as a result of natural selection and quote unquote random mutation. So like so they, they try to introduce this concept of randomness within evolution and basically essentially what they're saying is that some evolutionary changes Happen without there having been caused.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, I would say, and I know we've talked about that a little bit before in one of our previous episodes. I would say that natural selection still holds up, but the randomness does not.
2: So maybe we can define randomness. Let's go there. So we've talked about causality, a causality. L- so causality, meaning everything, I mean, that one's clear, but a causal means somehow something could just pop up out of nowhere into existence or something can happen without something else making it happen?
1: Mitch, that's a good point because randomness really genuinely has two meanings. Um, one is, for example, I have a deck of cards before me and I ask, you know, for you to pick one out at random, meaning without any kind of plan, order, just pick one out without thinking about it. Okay, that randomness exists, you know. It's kind of like an apparent randomness. Certainly the... the there would be causes for why you, you chose one over another and all you know even though we don't know them but the stronger randomness which i think people attribute to evolution and to quantum mechanics you know it has to be defined as randomness meaning that certain things do not have a cause because this randomness is, is generally invoked to refute determinism and causality and this it's the second stronger sense of randomness that is completely incoherent, that that there is, there can be no evidence of it.
0: Yeah, it it gets very frustrating because people, since they mean so many different things by randomness, I tend to not like the word, um, but generally what George said is true there, you know, um, that the randomness is that they may not think about something, they may not plan ahead when they pull a a card out of a deck, if they call that randomness, well that makes sense. But I think what's dangerous is that even allowing for the use of the word randomness to be used in anything that's to be taken seriously, the danger is that allows people to think it is the true the strong sense of randomness that something happens for no reason.
2: Let me just add one extra so my background is in mathematics, so I will just like add one little caveat to that, okay? So, you know, mathematically speaking, you know, there's different models for, uh, probability, um, but randomness is really just, uh, it means a certain degree of predictability, lacking predictability. That's it. So that, that's a very loose and weak way, and that's what it means. You know, like, uh, there's this idea of Laplace's demon, right? If there were an entity that knew everything about the universe, somehow, could contain all that information at any given moment, and could conceive it and think about it, then randomness wouldn't be meaningful. Because that entity would be able to accurately determine when you flip a coin if it's going to be heads or tails. The reason we say flipping a coin when we say it's uh, it's random is because it's difficult. It is so difficult to keep track of all the variables. And uh, it can fluctuate so wildly based on such a, a tiny, tiny, tiny physical phenomena that its unpredictability is very great.
0: Yeah, that's... Mitch, that you glad you brought that up because that's another meaning of randomness that some people use is that it's something simply unpredictable and that some human doesn't have the ability to predict it, which it is, a, is a type of randomness that has nothing whatsoever to do with, um, with either causality or a causality because it only has to do with that human or whatever's ability to predict something.
2: But but that's the whole point. So, So if randomness is just about degrees of predictability, then clearly nothing is truly unpredictable. All we can say is that some things are more difficult to predict than others, and somehow we can get a measure of how difficult it is to predict, and if it's very, very difficult, human beings just say, well, it's random.
0: Take, for example, the fact that Jamie Soden just joined our call during this podcast, and I could not have predicted that he would he would join our call at this time, but that does not mean that it happened for no reason. Now, did it, Jamie? Yeah.
1: yeah and again, to tie this into the free will question, I mean, how is it that people don't understand that not only does causality make free will completely impossible, but so would randomness or a causality. If things are happening without a cause, how can you, in any sense, attribute those actions to a human free will?
2: Exactly. That, that's, a, that's a very good point. That's, that's really the main point. Like some, so I think, as, as, uh, as you mentioned earlier, George, that uh, most of the members of, uh, of this podcast, this community of uh, hosts and guests, we, um, we're hard determinists. That is, we say determinism is true, therefore free will is meaningless. But some people would describe themselves as hard incompatibilists. You know, there are different ways to think about what the universe is. But given any, I would argue that uh, given any version of reality, agency still doesn't make sense. Saying people are responsible for things never becomes meaningful even if you say things, some things are acausal or everything is acausal or everything is random, that doesn't make responsibility a meaningful thing and without responsibility there is no free will. Free will is only well, advocates of free will argue that free will is meaningful in the context of responsibility and without responsibility clearly everyone would agree free will doesn't make any sense.
1: I
0: agree, Mitch. This is what's so key to understand because I tend to get disturbed um, with you know what I call the argument from responsibility. you know when it when it comes to you know po- political and legal debates, you know, people are like, well, this person's responsible for this, therefore they should be they should be um, they should be punished or all that. I, the very concept of responsibility is incoherent. And I think that's what it really li- lies with is that, um, and it's, it's a hard sell. It's a really hard sell because people are so conditioned to base things on this like, well, I, it's my responsibility, I have to do this, you know? Um, and I'm still trying to find a better practical term because nobody's some kind of autonomous free willing agent to be fundamentally responsible for anything, and all this talk about causality and a-causality, and even though I'm, I'm extremely hard determinist, I find that the discussion of these things, it, it, it should not have continued this long, it feels like, because it's so clear that there's no concept of agency or free will. Um, in either scenario and nobody has provided evidence for the claim that there's something that's that's neither caused or uncaused but somehow freely willed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we I think we pretty much covered a whole bunch of topic here. We just passed our 30 minutes here. So should we end this one? Sounds good. Okay. You've been listening to Free Will, Science, and Religion with Chandler Klebs, David Joseph, Mitch J, George Ortega, and Jamie Soden, who joined us later but didn't get a chance to say much. Um, but, yeah, we, we've talked about the what it people mean by the different meanings of randomness. We've talked about causality and a causality and the concept of responsibility and all that stuff. But, yeah, you, you've heard it before and you'll hear more of it again. So... Hope you enjoyed this episode and there'll be more. Thank you for listening. Bye.